1: Hey there, Knicks fans, how you doing? It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you uh, for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast, coming at you uh, recording on a Easter Sunday. So happy Easter to all of you who celebrate such things. Far more importantly than Easter, though, if we're being, if we're keeping it 100, it is the birthday, the day of the birth that he entered this world, 26 years years wait no hold on he's turning 26 if you're turning 26 did you enter the world 26 years ago did i get that right jeremy Cohen? by the way ladies and gentlemen yeah no that would be correct um it would have been 26 years
2: ago yeah okay because it's which is frightening to hear from my perspective but that's okay i'll just you know what um my cat agrees clearly she also thinks it's it's just downright terrifying but that's okay
1: one, happy birthday. I love you. You're one of, you've become one of my dearest friends and I'm happy we get to do this every week Two, screw you. Um, You do not get to say anything along those lines ever to me. I am going to be 38 in a a little bit more than a month. So, you know, you're, you're at the stage where you're like, Oh my God, my twenties are like more closer to being over than starting. And I'm like, just trying to have a coherent bowel movement, you know, that's in a timely fashion. That's fair. These are, these are the differences between the problems that we, we face at our respective ages.
2: Yeah, no bowel movements are not a huge issue for me right now, which is great. Um, And you should be really happy about that. I'm I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. I mean, look, with this, this past year was not the most optimal. Um, I I think everyone enjoys their twenties or at least the goal is to do that. Um, but you know, it's that's okay. I, I'm I'm very blessed with a lot of things going on, so yes. I can't really complain right now. And I'm with your friends as well. So
1: there what more go. could you want? Um, speaking of battle movements, the Knicks had um, a pretty shitty week. Fun intended. Well <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Well done. This is this is like my 300 something episode. If I didn't pick up some things along the way, I mean, what good would I be, really? Um, uh, it's it's funny. Because this was actually, let's start here. We didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I'll I'll put both of us on the spot. This was let's put Saturday aside. Let's go from uh, what Monday to Monday to Friday. Right. This is the worst five days the Knicks have had since. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when I ask that question? Because I'm feeling like it had to be something last season, but like. Nothing's obvious. The worst five days? The wor- I mean, they had some pretty shitty five-day stretches last
2: season. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was the last game of Fisdale and then working backwards five days. Oh, after. yeah. Because, I mean, that just felt like floundering. You know, they'd, they'd had the November 10th press conference, and yeah. it was just, where are we going in this direction? Everything's a mess. That week. And then, yes, and then you have the Bucks. Week, yeah. you know, him laughing, <laughs> potato head ass just deciding that, or excuse me, potato head ass, Uh, no mister. Um, Just the idea of him. No, I want to be respectful. Uh, That's what he is now. That's what, that's what it is now. Um, Or just the fact that he then faced the Nuggets at home. They got their ass whooped. And then, I mean, after that he was fired and things changed drastically, but right before then there was that one spot where it's like, this really, really sucks. And uh, let's just make a change. And fortunately something happened. That was great.
1: Yeah, I, I the I would the only other thing that popped into my head was when uh, Ian had this story about um, Mills and Perry like going into the locker room before the season and being like, "We must win, and we must do it together, and you will be judged on your assist percentage, whatever the fuck they said." Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It was it was the so it's been it's been like a year and a half since they've had a week as bad as they had, and yet you know we, we, it's been a we've been all we've been all blessed to this season that like we really. Haven't had too many of these Sunday pods where we've had to come on. Like I was thinking back, you know, what feels like a million years ago, five and eight feels like a million years ago. Doesn't it does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I was looking at the, I was like, man, what were we, did we, were we like doom and gloom on here when they were five and eight? I don't really remember. I
2: can't either. I, it's kind of a blur at this point. There have been so many good podcasts since then and at least positive podcasts that I can't really remember what five and eight felt like. Yeah. May, um, if, if anything, it was maybe the idea of like, oh, well, the Knicks are going to be crap. So, yeah, is this going to affect other things? Like, are we do we have to talk about do we have to talk about tanking again? Or is that what the game plan is? You know, but fortunately, that is not what we're talking about. Right that is now. not. No, that is not. What that's we're great.
1: Um, so let's talk about the week that was um, it ended. we should note, you know, we, we try to keep things pretty positive on this podcast. And it ended with on, on a positive note, I think. um in total, their scoring margin for the four games—if you, I'm doing some very very quick math in my head—I think they outscored their opponents collectively by like 20 points, right? So that's great. <laughs> yep, that's four zero oh if you look at it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the Detroit game—I um, don't know if I want to call that a relief. I don't know if I want to call that like—I don't feel like they necessarily like righted any ships with that game, but it was—it was definitely necessary. Uh, it was great to see, but I—I'll I, say this: it, it wiped away a little bit of the taste of the Minnesota game, specifically, just because of like they were kind of all over the place that game, and it just didn't go well. But to me, this week was more a reminder that like when they're facing a pretty good team, and Dallas is a pretty good team, and Miami, I think, when healthy, is a pretty good team. There's just, um, you know there's a gear that they don't have. And I don't think there's a way they're going to get that gear this season. And it was like, both losses were incredibly frustrating for maybe different reasons, maybe similar reasons. Um, But that's kind of where I'm, I'm left with. And then the Minnesota thing was just like, what a disastrous night. So what what are your feelings, I guess, in total after this week?
2: I think a lot of it comes down to just half court playmaking, having someone who can break down the defense play at a consistently high level, being able to do that is going to make or break the Knicks in so many ways. Because if you look at the Miami game, things seemed promising. And then, boy, did it turn quickly. Uh, the Minnesota game, up by, I believe, 18 doubled, points. Right, 18 18 points. points. Um, that just fell by the wayside. And I think the Knicks should have also realized, hey, this was the Wolves team that came back and almost beat us at the Garden. We've got to be yeah. on our toes. And they look better under a new head coach. Yeah, and then you look at the Mavs game where it was like what a thirteen point lead, I believe something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, My, I think quarter.
1: Miami. The lead was eight or nine. Uh, Minnesota was eighteen, and then and then the Mavs. It was it was thirteen, but it was like it was such a rush to get to that thirteen point lead, and we're going to get. We're, we're trust me, we're going to talk about OB and and the, that glorious stretch of a few minutes, um, but and then Dallas started chipping away, and you you were you were it was weird. You were watching it. And you're still on the high of everything that happened, and then you're watching. It's like 13, 11, whatever, eight, and you know, and they're like, "Oh wow, oh, this is lead. yeah,
3: this is this is going
1: on. <laughs> yeah. So that anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Um. That's as good a transition as any. Let's talk about him uh, again. Speaking of bowel movements, Alfred Payton, um, I think has been the Nick. he's been the nick most in the news this week right um yeah i guess i did norval pell other than norval pell who we're absolutely going to spend we're actually most of the program is going to be spent talking about norval pell um praising his general you know being um elf elf man it's funny you can't blame the dallas loss on elf because he played about 13 minutes and change um obviously he was everybody to well against Detroit. Although in fairness, look up at the stat line at the end. There he is. Mr. Four for you. It's it's either three for eight or four for 12. Those are the, those are literally the only two stat lines that Alfred Payton is allowed to have just those two. Um, and he, he went four for 12. He didn't have whatever he had nine assists. I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think things were reaching a boiling point earlier in the year. And then they were winning a lot of games and it was like, and I was the one saying this after games. I'm like, you you don't have a right to complain. He's like, look at what Tibbs is doing. It, this is like, we can only complain so much. And then this week happened and it's like, yeah, that's why we complain. Yeah. Thoughts, <laughs> thoughts, feelings,
3: hopes, um, dreams.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I understand that there are people who are just tired of hearing about Alfred Payton in the sense of, okay, yeah, we get it. He's not good contributor. He's not going to help this team win, but he's here, so we just have to deal with it. And I think the frustrating part of that is like, well, yeah, we obviously as fans do not have the power to change it. We're not expecting to change things. Um, But it's this idea of I'm curious, you're looking a little bit
1: more puzzled. Well, I don't know. I I wonder sometimes, especially coming off our conversation with with Mike uh, Jacobs at the end of the week. Like, everybody's aware of what people are saying and talking about right that's the only thing i was but i guess it's more like
2: with the backlash that's out there or at least the criticism is that going to necessarily dictate his playing time or his role in the roster period because i don't see it doing that i just think that we are voicing our frustration and there's there's tangible evidence. I, I even pulled some up cause I, I want to talk about it a little bit and you did a great job with your article as well. Just dissecting the game. And and to be fair, I was just you, p-
1: pulling up clips. I oh, didn't do anything other than pull up
2: clips. That's but, all but I did. The, the fact that you went through it, I thought was great, oh, yeah. but you know I mean? With, with elf, the thing is as well that he's playing a lot worse than he was last year. Yeah. Like statistically speaking, I just want to bring this to a point. So in his career, his assist percentage has actually been pretty good. Um, yeah. 58th percentile is all according to cleaning the glass. 58th percentile is rookie year, 65th, 77th, 82nd, 89th, 80th. Last season, 84th, this season,
1: 17th percentile. And we should know just so for anybody who's not a a denizen of cleaning the glass, I think that's the right word. Mm -hmm. um, Cleaning the glass gives these percentiles based on the position you play. So if Alfred Payton has the same amount of assists as you know mitchell robinson which he doesn't but just for argument's sake mitchell robinson is going to be in the probably like the 85th percentile for his position whereas alfred payton is going to be in as jeremy just said the 17th percentile for his position because he plays point guard and as a point guard you're supposed to get some assists exactly
2: so clearly there's something wrong and then when you look at his assist to usage because his usage rate is um kind of high as well then you get (laughs) shoots a fucking lot right exactly then you get 69th, nice, 62nd, 73rd, 75th, 79th, 89th, 90th last year with the Knicks. This year, second percentile, second. like Again, and and you see the attempts at the want. rim. He is always, I mean, just looking at his attempts at the rim right now, he has been at worst in the 93rd percentile his entire career. Yep. And in terms of finishing at the rim, uh, the last – Four seasons. He's Uh, around 50th percentile, right? Well, not even. Uh, Four years ago, 46th percentile. Then three years ago, 13th. Last year, 31st. And this year, 39th. Uh, When you look at Synergy as well, because I happen to have access to Synergy, he's doing things at an average to poor rate. And last year, he wasn't very good either, um, but he was great. He was excellent on handoffs. He's 86th percentile. So I say all of this, not solely to rag on Alfred Payton. But when you look at, and Cleaning the Glass has this as well, when you look at the assist percentages for the game against the Mavericks and the game against the Pistons, you can see the clear, distinct difference of how Alfred Payton can actually elevate your team when he's playing well. The problem is that it doesn't happen a lot. And as you said, with his shooting, right? Like... For me, the biggest thing of last night was he he looked like a genuine playmaker at times. The first quarter, he made really nice reads to open players that he normally wouldn't necessarily do. Or in the third quarter, when he found RJ in transition, like he kept yeah. his head up. That was great. That's fantastic. Yep. And the, the data shows. So, for example, last night, he was in, I should say, Saturday night yep. for assist percentage. He was the 86th percentile. Remember what I just said in terms of how he's been doing this year, 17th. Saturday night, he was the 86th percentile. Against the Mavs, it's a very different story. Against the Mavs, he was in the 21st percentile. And we know how much the team struggled without having a point guard who could help elevate the offense because that game was right there for the taking.
1: At, it was right there. It, it, it was right there, and I, you know, for anybody who's like, oh, they lost by 13 points or whatever, they wound up losing by 12 points. Um, That was a three-point game um, with early-ish in the fourth quarter, early to midway through the fourth quarter. And I looked it up before. They went, um, hold on, I actually, I will pull this up now. Um, They went several minutes um, without scoring or or scoring two points. And one Um, field goal within the first, almost nine minutes
2: of the fourth quarter.
1: Yes, there you go. Um, And that has been the other characteristic of this team this week. They had droughts against Minnesota. They had a drought against, um, against Miami here. Let's just for, for anybody who does think that we're being unfair on, on elf, let's just be very clear about where this is coming from. The reason his assist percentage is so low is because assist percentage ranks. What percentage of the team's assists do you get when you are on the floor? He's much lower in his percentile ranking because he gets a much lower percentage of their assists because Julius Randle gets a lot of those. And so if you're like, well, then why are you rag on Alfred Payton just because Julius Randle getting a lot more assists? Turn that argument on its head. If Julius Randle doing most of your playmaking, then the thing that necessitated Alfred Payton being on the floor last year, and maybe even at the beginning of this year, before we knew that this Julius Randle thing was going to be sustainable, that's gone. So if he's not making proper rim reads and he's not passing to open men on his four rays of the basket with his low percentages at the rim in terms of converting then what is he doing um and that's what everybody always goes back to with it's like and that, and then we go round and round because you could get into well, quickly maybe didn't look that great in the first half, and he, you know, the offense wasn't that organized, and like, you know, Burks, how much do you rely on him as the point guard? And like Frank, we, could, you know, obviously we've all had the arguments about Frank, and you get into these like spin cycles when really, I, this is why I wanted them to trade him because then we would have no choice but to just go with the other guys where it's like, okay, maybe there's some uncertainty there with relying on quickly rose burks frank you know randall but like i just named five guys who could kind of facilitate a, some type of playmaking you know do we really need him so i don't know what else do we really have to say about him i, I have nothing left, left to i think to the one
2: the one thing to say is this that and, and i know i'm speaking on your behalf where when you have a conversation on alfred payton like i don't want him to do poorly I no, want, I want to, do to do well because it means the Knicks do well. Yes. So this ridiculous idea that that people are upset when he plays well is just made of bullshit because I want him to do well. If I would love to be pr- pr- proven wrong. I don't know why I stuttered there. I guess I was trying to formulate something. I would love to be proven wrong about the idea that Alfred Payton is actually contributing more to this team. We all were on Julius Randle. Exactly. And 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 we're all happy to sit here and admit, hey, Hey, we're all
1: assholes. Uh, Yes,
2: exactly. I was so wrong on Julius Randle. I love the fact that I was. So, yes, just I just want to see more progress. And we're at the point where I'm not expecting it by any means. But just from my observation with with this whole week and, you know, maybe not everyone who's listening to this is on Twitter, but just everything that went around where – it's um, not so much ragging on it. It's all get just, into this. This no, is not, I, I'm, it's I'm not, not worth. I'm not it's saying it, not I'm just, worth. I'm just bringing up the medium in which a lot of this conversation happened. Keep in it general.
1: We don't need that to, is.
2: of course, yeah. but just the idea of it's not, it's not like I am personally going out to find a scapegoat. I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm looking at what's on the court and the fact with Minnesota and, you know, even RJ struggled absolutely down the stretch. Other guys too, but there is a clear common denominator here, and if we just if we just say like okay, well, let's stop talking about it, then it, th- like how, how would we continue our conversations? Add, because that's a f- huge factor in terms of what we discuss.
1: I want to add one other thing to that, and it, it's this: um, no one, or I'm I'm not trying to argue, and I don't think most people are trying to argue that Alfred Payton is the only problem on this team. If anybody's arguing that, like. Alfred Payton is the only problem this team has, then they're wrong because that's not true. Um, You know, RJ Barrett still goes through ups and downs. Um, Emmanuel quickly is like shooting 33% over, you know, the course of this week. He's, he's slumped. Um, There's lots of issues with this team. Reggie Bullock, God love him. He can only do two things, shoot from behind the arc, you know, spot up or maybe take two dribbles and then into a long midranger. Like, this team has no perfect players. Even Julius Randle has has his flaws and and he, you know, and we'll, we'll maybe touch on that quickly also how down the stretch of some of these games he's he's not been great. Um, but here's the thing. You have there are no choices where all of those guys are concerned. You are going to keep giving RJ Barrett the ball because you just spent the third pick in the draft on him. He's 20 years old. He's the closest thing you have to a future cornerstone player. I think he is a a cornerstone player. Like you're going to give him those reps. Emmanuel quickly, 21 rookie has shown signs. You're going to give him those reps. right? Like we could go down the list. And then there's Alfred Payton where it's like, where's the, where's the justification for continuing to give him the reps. And as opposed to, might there be a better justification for that? That's, that's all I want to say. And I think that's it. Um, and we can move on from this, but I just, it, we needed to talk about it because it has been all over this week. Um, I brought up Randall. Do we need to talk about like, I, there's, I feel like some people are like, Oh, he's tiring. Maybe this was like a, a beat writer thing. A couple people brought this up. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily think like any struggles that Randall has had down the stretch of some of these games has been because he's like tired. I just, You know, I think it's the it's a function of like playing a whole game and like it all comes down to you at the end, and that's really hard. Um, Other than the Dallas game where he was just off, like I don't. Where are you at on Randall? Or or are you nowhere on him? And it's just like this is a silly talking point. I mean, I didn't sense fatigue as a factor. I I thought maybe you know
2: if something's up with the contusion that he had, if he's still feeling that. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like all right, he laid an egg for the Mavs game. He certainly did not do that against the Pistons. Nope. He's at this level though, that where it's amazing. We now recognize poor Randall performances as like, well, is this, is this like legit? Is this a problem? What's going on? Whereas mm-hmm. before good Randall experiences were like, holy shit, where did this come from? Like, this is the <laughs> yeah. guy we wanted to sign. So yeah. he's been consistent enough on the positive end where I love that. We're even having this conversation. Cause yeah, I think a lot of it probably is just us Inserting whatever we want to say about it, but he didn't look tired to me at all. Didn't look I tired just, to me, either. just looked like guys have off nights. RJ had an off night against the Mavs, Rose didn't play well. It, it happened, that's okay. And clearly, they took out whatever feelings they had in terms of the Mavs game on the Pistons.
1: <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, I'm sold on Randall, like, I have questions about you know, if the team in terms of just being able to win consistently enough against good opponents. And we should note that um, as of the time we're recording this right now, uh, other than, um, I believe other than Houston, I'm fairly certain every team they play for the rest of the season has a net rating in the top 20 of the league. So there are no more.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. these like
1: detroits and washington's and you know whoever else you want to you know minnesota um so like i'm still a little skeptical of like you know we're we're sitting here they're 25 and 25 played 50 games they have 22 left if you told me that they're gonna go you know eight and 14 would i would i be like absolutely no i mean i think that's it wouldn't shock me but randall I think Randall's legit. I think this is Julius Randall. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this guy is absolutely for real. All right. Before we move on from this week, um, do you want to talk about the Dallas in anything? Um, sure. I mean, you know, we, I mean, what is there? I, I just, it feels like we should talk about it because it's Porzingis and the whole thing, but like what, I don't know. What is there to say? I'm, I'm honestly more interested in talking about Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> he, I am too. He, be, he could become a Nick in the near future. Yeah. Um,
2: so for those who don't know, Jalen Brunson is on what I think is really a ridiculous contract. Yeah. And I say ridiculous in the sense of how it was structured. So as you likely know, Mitchell Robinson, his deal is structured where he has a team option. If it's declined, he becomes an uh, unrestricted, excuse me. If he's, If it's declined, he becomes a restricted free agent this summer. If he becomes, uh, if the option is picked up by the team, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2022. With Brunson, it's a non-guaranteed contract yes. this upcoming season. So, no matter what, either Brunson hits free agency in 2021, which would be dumb because of the fact that the Mavs would be I know
1: where you're going with guaranteeing
2: him. Are you and sure then he'd about be a this free agent anyway? Uh, yes. And, and Eric Pincus. Um, I saw Eric Pinkus's
1: reply. I saw Eric Pincus's yeah. reply. I followed Eric, Eric Pincus. He followed me back. I have not gotten a chance to message him. Okay, let's, we're going to talk about this He's right great. now.
2: Eric's fantastic. Oh, no. Um, I,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, but I, friend of Pod Strickland. Yes. Yep. So, in the, we both saw the same tweet. He's like, if the Mavs wave him, then he becomes. An unrestricted free agent. If they
2: don't guarantee his salary this year, he becomes unrestricted free agent.
1: So here's the thing. If they pick
2: up his contract, he becomes unrestricted free agent next year.
1: Yes. No matter
2: what, he's not hitting restricted free agency based on how they, they
1: uh, structured his contract, which I. So, okay. At the very core of restricted free agency, if your contract after ends after either two or three seasons, And you are not a first round first rounders. It's after the fourth season, unless there's a situation where the team declined your um, your fourth. But no, if they, if if the team picks up all four of your years, then you're a restricted free agent.
2: Unless, unless they don't extend a qualifying offer.
1: Unless they don't extend a qualifying offer. In which
2: case, so like Frank Nielakina, for example, I don't see the Knicks doing that, which would make Frank an unrestricted free agent. Well, I mean, do you want to pay $8 million for Frank? Is what their philosophy is going to be. Probably. And he would have a no trade clause by default. So again, like that's just kind of the mindset of what you have to have. That's,
1: that's, that's what we're talking picks, about. That's, yes. that's first
2: round picks. This is is that second
1: round All, picks all pick? other player. And this what's confusing about this language. If you go look at the CBS, CBA, these are listed as veteran deals, like, or veteran contracts, because there is, there's rookie deals, which are first round picks and everything else is a veteran contract. So if you're a second round pick and you're signing and you're playing day one in the NBA, you have just signed a veteran contract. And my understanding is that if a veteran contract ends in a player's first two or three years of service, then they are entering restricted free agency. But I, but then I saw Pincus' tweet. I don't think he's wrong where he's like, if they waive him. But so where here's where I'm getting back to. Is there some other option for them where they wouldn't be waiving him, but they would just be like, I guess declining the fourth year, and I know that sounds it sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth, but I have there has to be some other option for him to become restricted. No, I
2: can't. Fr- there isn't because of that non guaranteed portion of it. The best way the Mavs can hang on to him is by extending him, because which they, they can
1: only do for up to twelve million dollars in the first year, which he would be right. insane to sign for because he's going to get paid probably twice that much at the way he's playing.
2: That and the fact is his role. So he's coming off the bench because. Well, that he and Luca, they don't work perfectly together because is a little bit more ball dominant. And so is Brunson. Um, but also like the fact that Brunson getting the opportunity to start in New York for Leon Rose, who so, your dad has was the first client of his. You are close with his family. I mean yep. you can see their Instagram photos of Leon's daughter yep. and, and Jalen Brunson. They are tight. And also Jalen Brunson's father was potentially going to come onto the next bench. Who that knows? Maybe, happen. He's, he's maybe it right. does. Maybe they get this opportunity. An of like, right. Like, hey, let's fill Woody's spot with Rick Brunson, that sort of thing. So all these options that are on the table. Yeah. And if you're Dallas, you're suddenly like, well, crap. I mean, if he could walk. What does that mean for us? And what does that mean for his value on the market? Because if other teams know that he could just walk to New York and become the starting point guard, what do we do? Well,
1: we don't. And the, we don't know for sure that. Of I mean, look, I, you, you it's, just it's laid out. You laid out all the breadcrumbs. I'm, I'm just saying you never know, you know.
2: And I did. I actually tweeted about this maybe a couple months ago. I had a dream that Brunson signed in New York in 2022. Of course. Of course. And I, I'm convinced that Leon was speaking to me while I was asleep. So I really want that to come to fruition because it just proves I'm not going crazy. And that he really found a way to get to my subconscious.
1: What's great is every time I think that I this stuff is taking up too much of my Subconscious, actual, like forward. I just listen to you, and then I realize that I'm not the only. You're
2: not alone. There, there are hundreds of
1: us. <laughs> Can Thousands I say one us. more, one more thing on the restricted? Because this is this has been bugging me for several days. Because I sent out a tweet, which apparently is now wrong. But I, I spent again not healthy. I spent all of Saturday morning dig uh, going over and over the fucking CBA, um, because I just why would a team ever then sign. A non-guaranteed fourth year, as opposed to just a team option. I think the
2: the easy answer is hindsight is twenty twenty. Where if they expected, I mean, look at the Mavs draft record. It sucks. Other than Luca, it's crap. And you got Jalen Brunson in the same draft. So and talking- I could easily see them being like, well we weren't really expecting Jalen to be this good. So the way we have it structured, it's just like, okay, cool. But he's better than that. And now they're running into a bit of a contractual problem as backed up by uh, Pincus to say like, they basically need to extend him this year.
1: Which again, they're not... Right. Let's again, let's crystallize this. The reason they could only offer him a salary starting at $12 million in an extension is because the rules of the CBA limit how much you could pay a guy if he's on a, a certain low salary. So if Jalen Brunson signs an extension starting at $12 million, he is an idiot and um, he should not do that. He should fire. Is, is CAA still his agent? I'm assuming it is. Probably. Pro- yeah, I'd okay. be shocked if it weren't. Well, um, I don't. So you're telling me Jokic had that was also a team. Yes, the same option, yeah. I know. I, just, I can't figure insane. out why it happened either. This is nuts. Okay, we're listen. I don't feel like we're we're done with this because I feel like there has to be more to this story. Mostly because I don't like being wrong. Um, it's the only reason. <laughs> but see, this is a great thing to be wrong about, right? Like this. It is, this a great is thing. The, yes. the
2: positive Alfred Payton situation, right? We're like, yes, we love being yeah. wrong about that. We well, are like
1: yes. This is even more something to be wrong about. Um. Man, that does put Dallas in an interesting. They're not going to trade him, but here's the other perspective. I just want to throw out there. Yeah. Please. So
2: from the Knicks' point of view, getting Brunson into the building as soon as possible actually makes more sense because of one thing, and that yeah. is, come 2022, Jalen Brunson is on your books as a really small cap hold. You don't have to go out. And pay him a huge amount, which means you can then go over the salary cap.
1: Oh, I see. so I see. it's this
2: this mindset of like, okay, if you magically you know get to do some sort of big plan, I don't know what that is. Obviously, we we know that the the market is getting smaller. We just saw Drew, uh, Drew Holiday signing today with an extension. And that's twenty twenty one, but the point being, the market for twenty twenty two is not great anyway. There are a couple names but there's not a whole lot going on. So then it's this thought process of, okay, well, if you wanted to do all these big moves you have cap space and you have other pieces that you can move in some sort of trade as well, like having Brunson's low cap hold on the books for about $2 million, that would go a long way in terms of you then going over the cap to resign sign him and making an even deeper team. So that's something that I think keep in mind because if you're Leon Rose, you're thinking, well, we have a clear problem. And there are few market solutions. So we he's know a, that Dallas he's wants a solution. He is. And we know that Dallas wants a win now piece because why wouldn't they? So this idea of like what the Knicks can send, there aren't that many pieces the Knicks have that are win now, unless it's like their pick back or the Pistons pick, something in that range where they can get talent right now that can help them in the immediate future. That's that sort of mindset. So I think that's something to keep in mind because I would absolutely love to see Jalen Brunson starting next year. That would be fantastic. I'm not expecting it, but – and I'm sure Mavs fans, if any of them ever came across this clip, would just be laughing to themselves. Well, but we had a Mavs a-
1: fan on the locker room this weekend who came on and we were talking about Jalen Brunson, and he's like – I hope, the, well, he didn't say, I hope the Knicks get Jalen Brunson, but he's like, for the good of like basketball in New York, it would be great for you guys if you got Jalen Brunson. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. And he yeah.
2: is. And it's again, that theory of like, well, if he's going to walk and the Mavs have no say over matching any sort of contract because he's not a restricted free agent, what do you do? Do you trade him? Do you consider doing something more drastic? Because if he's dead set on going somewhere else, specifically one location, you got to figure out a way to recoup value
1: well it it makes it fascinating um because the Knicks obviously own the mavs uh pick in 2023 so that's out there um you know he, he's he's worth more than, than than that but again this is this is a really this if they ever actually did discuss a trade, I can't imagine there's been a whole lot of trade discussions quite like that would be in history league. And for anybody who's like, why are you going on and on about Jalen fucking Brunson? Um, Here are the guys in the league right now who are averaging at least 25 minutes a game and at least a 19 usage rate that have a higher true shooting percentage than Jalen Brunson's 64.1. These are the guys, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Michael Porter jr., Montres, Harrell, and Zion Williamson. That's it. That's the good list. Good company. Not bad, not bad company.
2: And I'll add so, this yeah. for synergy, pull that up
1: pick and roll ball <laughs> handler love your synergy. It's, it's great. Show
2: off. It's fantastic. Um, so 32.2% of the time, Brunson has functioned as a pick and roll ball handler.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He ranks in the 91st percentile. That's graded out as an excellent spot up, 25.6% frequency. He is 68th percentile. Very good. Transition, 14.6% frequency. 92nd percentile. Excellent. And, you know, I mean, then it's like handoff and isolation and off screen. He's ranging from below average to very good. And some of those, but they're, they're more, you know, smaller scale stuff. So the point is that if we're pointing out, let's see, 32 plus 25 is 57 and then 14 is seventy. I mean, we're talking about almost 75% of this guy's shot and play type digestion, or I guess that would be the way of phrasing it. Sure. Is very good Or excellent and closer to
1: the excellent side. And he's a he's a tips point guard to a T because he's I mean, the guy lives at the rim. All he does is get to the rim and and doesn't miss, apparently, when he gets there. Um,
2: 83rd percentile in the half court, by the way. Excellent. He's 95.3 percent of the time when he's doing it. And then for zone, it's only 4.7 percent of the time, 58 percent. And it's still good. Like this is the guy that you would plug into your lineup and you would see like that Fred Van Vliet. I was about Transition. To, you,
1: you. You pulled the name out of my. I was about to say he's. Yep. A, and this is going to sound the same. He's a better Fred VanVleet. The only thing Fred Van VanVleet does better than him is Fred VanVleet is off the dribble for three. Like he could, like you have to honor that. And there's yep. not a ton of guys in the league that have that shot, and Van VanVleet does. And I don't know that Brunson quite has that level of of um, shooting on the outside, like off the dribble. But he makes up for it with the with the pick and roll stuff that you just mentioned. And again, around the rim, the guys. I mean, he's he's incredible.
2: Yeah, and the defense too. I mean, Van Vliet is a much better defender, but the idea of in a Tibbs system, we're already seeing. Didn't I think you pointed out what the Knicks are? What the first best defense right now? Is that the case?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, over the last ten games, of the Knicks are the best defense. Yeah.
2: So the idea of having that great defense and then putting Brunson in there, he's twenty five years old, I believe, something along those lines. So twenty four. There's time for him to improve. This is the type of acquisition. He's twenty four. getting a a Van Vliet or a Brogdon before they come onto the scene and make a huge payday or get that huge payday. That's what you want. So this is, this is the opportunity where you would actually, I'd be comfortable giving up assets or at least one asset, depending on what the other things are to getting someone like Brunson, but
1: we'll see. All right. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm happy we talked about that because it was necessary. Uh, we are, um, we have a couple other things to hit on and then we'll we'll get out of here um, because we're slightly short, shorter show today because uh, Jeremy has a special, very special birthday plans, which we want to make sure he gets to. Um, let's mention a couple names. Uh, well, let's do progress report real quick. So progress report, uh, I think this is the first time all season we were we are not going to talk about RJ or Quickly, um, neither of whom had a particularly great week until Saturday when everybody did great. But they're fine. We, we don't worry about Quickly or RJ Barrett here. Um, Obi Toppin. Um, Let's start with him. Obi Toppin had his best. How many minutes was it? Was it like five minutes, four minutes? Something like that. It was a lot. Something around that. Um, It was awesome. And it was the way he did it. It was that it was it's a couple. It was that he did it at all. And then it was the way he did it. And I don't know that I'm willing to just basically say, oh, forget the first, you know, whatever, 40 eight games. Um, this is all I need to see. I'm not quite there yet, but like my God, if there was ever any I can't think of a player in the history of like my life watching the Knicks who I needed to see that like something like that from more than Obi. So um yeah, well your your thoughts on on Mr. Tappen?
2: Yeah, again, I mean I'll say it as I've said before, I wasn't his biggest fan going into the draft. I think the bigger thing here is that it's just the Knicks have not been using him to the best of his abilities and so even when you consider all of that and the fact that he's being misused you then see games and opportunities like this it's like okay things are maybe clicking a bit like he and derrick rose is back as many have said let's point yep, that out it really helps and Toppin is a phenomenal cutter and he just doesn't do it that well and so it's a shame because it doesn't he doesn't do it that doesn't much. do that often yeah right so the fact that it's a lower frequency when he's been even in college he was doing that at a high level like You want to see him have his strengths emphasized and his areas of development um, mitigated or minimized in some way. So it's really nice to see him burst onto the scene here because, again, like I think we as people are just very harsh on younger players or we then put them on pedestals to the pedestals to the point where it's like, okay, well, they're not coming down. It's just patience, no matter what, no matter what end of the spectrum and things can change. And for Obi, it's just great to have this opportunity where he's making nifty moves around, like with the ball in his hands and smart decisions. Spotting up, it's working a little bit better, especially above the break. Um, Hopefully he can work on those corner threes. Hopefully, um, maybe we can just like use him and Kevin Knox together. Uh, And shout out Kevin Knox went off against the Pistons. Good for you. Um, So yeah, I just, I'm glad we're talking about Obi in a positive sense because I just want to see him his talents go to better use and I think we're slowly getting there, but it's going to take time.
1: And can we just say for all of the skies falling about Obi Toppin, and I'm not going to try to say he's been, he's been good. Even, even considering the lack of an ideal role and misuse and the whole thing, he still hasn't been good on top of that. All that being said, still 54 effective field goal percentage, which again, he's a rookie. That's not terrible. He's still hitting almost 60% of his twos. So it's like, for as again, as far as bad as it seems, um, you know, the it, it, things could be worse. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Knox. We should at least honor the fact that he came in and had a nice couple of minutes at the end of that Detroit game, um, you know. But at the same time, for everybody who was like, "Why are you playing Obi instead of Knox?" Like, this is why you keep playing Obi in the hopes that you see something like that from from him. Um, and I just want to add really quickly the reason yeah. I mentioned that I,
2: I I reiterated the fact that I wasn't on Team Obi at draft night. It's just to further prove the point of we need to give him more time. And I understand for a 23 year old that that is asking for more than what feels like necessary, but, but I don't think it is. He's a rookie. Let's we have to look at him as a rookie. He's showing progress in these games and now we're going to see tougher competition. And the biggest thing was what happens when Randall sits and it's nice knowing that, Hey, maybe there's a chance that when Randall sits the game doesn't just go to shit at the four there's someone reinforcing that, or at least make like keep playing defense, both in the fi- figurative and literal sense. So having Obi there, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, well said. Um, we've gone, uh, 45 minutes without mentioning or explicitly talking about Norvell Pell. Um, too long, far too long. It's really a shame. Um, you know, uh, for anybody who doesn't know they they signed uh, Norvel Pell, who is a 28 year old, um, second year player he had some academic difficulties didn't go to college bounced around played in played in a lot of places in the world um had a pretty good stint with the Sixers last year I, I've been told that they would have liked to keep him but it was a roster crunch thing um was spent some time with a couple teams this year uh came in played well uh at the end of the Detroit game bent his finger in half and stayed in and then blocked some <laughs> shots which just awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know what you know he's he's not a rotation player right now but um, he's he's he looked good he looked energetic. he looks like a guy who you want in your locker room you want on your roster. Um, I'm happy he's here. Um, we have the other open roster spot um, yeah any any thoughts there other than, you know that Norvell is awesome
2: I would say as someone who uh, tore a tendon in one of his fingers twice same thinker uh, seeing him just like go down and, Oh, that's going to be a meme. That was you, you messed up there. That's definitely going to be, be a I'm meme. Sh- um, sure yeah, I just couldn't believe he could laugh about that because the first thing I did when it happened <laughs> the first time was like, Oh, this is fine. And then it turned out it was not fine. And then it happened again. I was like, Oh great. It happened again. I know what this is now. Sure enough. It was, um, and now oh, my no. finger doesn't look the right way, but that's okay for him. I like, taped that up. And I think they popped it back into place. Yeah. Obviously it was not a torn tendon. It was a fracture. Yeah. And then blocking shots, as you said, like that and smiling through it all. That to me, is like, I can understand why this guy was signed. Wait. And, and I think that there was a lot to be made of in terms of who that 14th, 15th man was going to be. Yeah. People were upset that it wasn't Drummond. Okay. Uh. Well, Drummond just hurt his toe in his first game. Didn't look very good. Then anyway, terrible at the rim, awful at the rim this season, but
1: whatever. We don't and it was DeMarcus
2: Cousins, who is actually worse at the rim than Andre Drummond has been this year. Both
1: of those players have been terrible. Right. Well, no, Drummond hasn't been terrible. Right. Cousins has been terrible. Yes.
2: And it's this idea, I guess, of like people throwing out names that are familiar with them. And like I've said before, I don't really care about who's going to be at the end of the bench. It's nice to see when guys surprise us.
1: I'd rather have a but, guy who's going to keep playing when he bends his fucking finger in half at the end of the bench that's than DeMarcus Cousins.
2: Yeah. And and the idea as well of like, okay, well, we know what these guys are. We don't, we really don't know what Norvell Pell is going to be. It's highly likely that he does not turn into really anything significant, but I'd like to try something new instead of just recycling older players who clearly would not be happy in their roles. And I mean, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. And I saw also people talking about recycling or not recycling, excuse me, just the trade deadline. Um, I think it's still too early to make assessments. The early assessment I'll say is while I was obviously disappointed, it wasn't used in some capacity, mostly to get future assets. The idea of like, well, I can't believe we didn't get Evan Fournier. Okay. Who's to say that that would have really changed the outcome of the last couple of games or, you know, any other player that's out there, Victor Oladipo. Okay. He's not really doing too much. The whole point being, I, I understand that people are frustrated at the inactivity, but there's really not much to show that they would have made the difference because a lot of those games were within the reach anyway. So if you adjust a few things with this team, you're close enough. I mean, the point guard position wasn't really going to get solved. I understand with Lonzo, he also hasn't really been playing. And the fact is that him coming on board, he wouldn't have solved the penetration issues or in the half court, which as we just talked about, are huge factors moving forward. So I get it if you are looking at this past week, one and three, the only win being against a Pistons team. Uh, and saying like, well, look at this. What look, look at what this was. And now we're falling and tumbling in the standings. I get it. But I really don't think that that would have been the key difference necessarily between a win or a successful week and a successful or unsuccessful week, because really they were right there for a lot of those games. So
1: I, I agree. And um, you know, for as much as I, I trumpet the idea of like wins matter as much as anyone, um, you know, I kind of like that RJ got those reps in that Minnesota game and it sucks that he missed that last shot, but there's a part of me that's happy. He got a chance to take it, you know, and that may sound a little nuts, but um, cause he's the future, not Evan fucking Fournier. Um, okay. Uh, we have two things left uh, predictions, very quick predictions. Mommy? Oh, there's my daughter is apparently lost. Um, not that big of a house either. Um, predictions, and then we have very quick producers' corner that we're going out of here. Uh, so predictions, we are predicting. How many games are we predicting? Pulling up the old schedule here, um, we are predicting three, three, four, three. Okay, because the Toronto game on Sunday is at seven thirty, so we we won't predict that. Okay um so we got the, okay brooklyn at brooklyn at boston memphis at home um i'm pretty sure you're going first right no i did terribly this week i was optimistic and the knicks were not good so i have to go back
2: you to said the three games. and one yeah oh wow i know i was i was trying to be positive and this is what happened oh wow good thing so, <laughs> i'll take it i'll um, be the debbie downer
1: puts me in a tough spot though because this is really okay hmm. Well, whatever I don't take, you're going to take. Oh, fuck it. Uh, two and
2: one. Oh, thank God. One and two. Fuck I, you. Because I was thinking like, like, you just picked it. You had that option. Because I was thinking you like, I, to can't, gloat about I it. can't go 0 oh, and 3. Well, I, you know.
4: There's, there's winning. There's I get one winning day a year. Classes. One day
2: a year where I can gloat about that. Yeah, it's and it's Jesus's day of rising. Not my birthday. Just, just Jesus. The only JC that matters on this podcast right now. I'm sorry if that was uh, blasphemous or sacrilegious to those of you out there, our faithful
1: I, listeners. I t- listen, I think I just saw the, the again. This is the blood of Christ in my glass right here. I think I just saw it tremble a little bit, like the the uh, when the t- tyrannosaurus steps down. I thought I think I a little. It's very possible. Listen, Both he's smile. he's yeah, he, he's watching. Probably is the um, is going to have their way with us, and tell and, you and listening. It probably is um, turned into ASMR. We ha- it's the rails have the rails are on fire. Uh, thankfully, we're not on them. We have gone far uh, aside. Um, Andrew, you have a producer's corner for us right now.
3: I just, first of all, to my <laughs> father, Pastor Hiram Claudio, thank you for listening to the pod that your son produces. Uh, the views expressed by one John Macri and Jeremy Cohen do not express, uh, do not uh, represent everybody on uh, this podcast. <laughs> I have to schedule a baptism for my newborn soon, by the way. uh uh-huh. It is just hilarious how the last, you're right, off the rails. If, if this show suddenly caught on fire, we know why. Uh, first off, um... Is it a baptism? Uh, no, it's not a baptism. By fire? First... Oh, baptism by fire. Right, that's what I'm saying. It might have to be at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. Look yeah. at what the damage <laughs> I've done. As the only person
2: here who I believe has not been baptized, I think the only thing in my future is fire.
3: Okay, we'll so, work on it. Well, first off, exactly, we, I don't know if we will. <laughs> um, Jeremy, yes. you and I go back. So as your original co-host, happy birthday, Thank my you, friend. Thank you, Um are you aware this is part one of producer corner, which John, I think will enjoy. Are you aware how loaded your birthday is with celebrities? Like how many celebrities share your birthday?
2: I am the biggest one being Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, that, yes. After if you're that,
3: uh, under iconic, the
2: age of 21. <laughs> yes. Uh, iconic third baseman, Scott Rowland. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, Natasha
3: Leone. John, he's, birthday. he's being facetious. So here's the list. Um, <laughs> All the Nat- people were born. Natasha Leon,
1: oh, Natasha. Le- oh, I would, never mind. I was thinking of Natasha Henstridge, who's Natasha Leon. I have no idea. She's
2: the, the the redheaded actress, not me in a wig, but like. <laughs> Or extensions? No, she. Um, you know, uh, God, I'm trying to think what she was on.
3: Well, people the don't Russian, realize like the
2: Russian doll. Some show with Russian. Oh, no, Natasha yeah, Natasha Leone! Yes. yes, Natasha Leon. She's okay, great. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
3: I apologize for omitting her from this list. Um, that is my male ignorance there. Um, John, tell me the biggest name on this list according to you. Okay. So Jeremy shares a birthday with Robert Downey Jr., uh, the deceased Heath Ledger, Eric Andre. Graham Norton, David Blaine, James Roday, the lead of Psych, uh, David Cross, who plays uh, which uh, which Bluth does he play? On? This is the fourth person you've named who I have no idea who they are. Keep going. There. OK, Tobias Funke, I think is yes. who he plays on Arrested Development. He plays, development. Uh, he plays uh, Hugo Weaving from The Matrix and from The Lord of the Rings, uh, Craig T. Nelson of Coach, Anthony Perkins, who's the Norman Bates in the original Psycho and Barry Pepper for all the Yankee fans that became part of our show last week. He played Roger Maris in the movie 61, uh, which was directed by Billy Crystal, the HBO special. I don't even think I need to I forgot that John's knowledge of some of these people might be lacking. So I know who you're going to say is the biggest name on this list. Who's the first person you? Named? Robert Downey. He's I. He's Jeremy shares a birthday with Iron so, Man. So
1: Robert Downey Junior. is number one. I would actually probably argue. Well, out of sight, out of mind. Okay, so we'll we'll put Heath at two. Yeah. Um, I'm putting Jamie Lynn at three because let me tell you, Jamie Lynn. Once upon a time, when young John of the Macri, when he first discovered that Brittany had a younger sister, let me tell you that was a hopeful moment for me because I knew I probably was not going to have a chance with Brittany, but with Jamie Lynn and I love
3: the two names, obviously. And she was, let me again, she's of age, right now? Yes. Okay. When you're talking about her in this context, I don't know if she was. As we'll just assume, uh, we'll uh, ju- let's assume yeah let's that's assume please please when
1: assume. i when i was having these thoughts that she was a bitch agree um yes. yeah no the so jamie lynn shout out to her i don't know where she is right now but i hope if you're listening jamie um i'm married uh happily but um just know that once upon a time
3: just that's that's me and mandy moore so i i get it oh, man. yeah
2: mandy moore sweetest yeah. candy like Sweet, indeed, as candy. indeed,
3: that's why I have so many mixed feelings watching This Is Us. She's like in she's in old woman makeup, and I'm like, Yep, still got it, doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, oh, uh, but- the show, the show on NBC that's intentionally sad, that's why I've nicknamed it This Is Sad. I don't know what that is. Okay, um, anyway, the other thing for producer corner, um, and it's also Easter. Happy Easter to those celebrating if you're still here after the last 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> if you're not here, <laughs> fair. that is very fair. So I'm actually curious to both of you. uh, The clip of Mello's Easter Sunday performance against the Bulls got a lot of love today from multiple Knicks outlet sites. So it feels appropriate to at least bring it up as a this day in Knicks history of where were you guys? What were your reactions? I know, John, we've talked a little bit over the years of your complicated feelings towards Mello, but were you able to be caught up in the hype of that performance at all? I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, what year did he was, do this? This is 2012. Carmelo Anthony hit a game tying three pointer against the the Bulls. That so sent it was the 2012. So it was
1: during the 11 12 season. Yes,
3: yeah, so it was right after Lin Jeremy Lin had torn his. Um, yeah, so it was year, after so he, was he railroaded Jeremy Lin. Okay, I think we know how he feels, Jeremy. <laughs> I thought
2: it was great. Uh, you know, okay. I mean, especially after Lin was out and things seemed to fizzle a bit, Melo with that huge shot to pick you up. That was fantastic. I don't Mm -hmm. think I reacted quite like I reacted to the Jalen Sugg shot, but it was Mm -hmm. still pretty great. And the best, I mean, the thing is that the Knicks at least won that game in overtime, I believe.
3: Yes, on a Carmelo Anthony three-pointer to win it, which is why that day, I think, means a lot to a lot of people that are quote-unquote stands of Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, it was a
2: fantastic day, and I'm happy for them. Look at John's
1: face.
3: John Maybe next week not. we
1: talk about when he scored. What was it? Sixty-two points. In Sixty-two. The, in the season that they didn't make the playoffs, and he.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I got it. You really don't like this? Didn't or didn't enjoy that guy? I think is the better. I way. no.
1: I've I've come to peace with him. He's a wonderful. He's a, he's awesome. He's just so great. I'm so happy for him in Portland. Um, all right. And uh, anything else from producer's corner? That
3: is it. Happy birthday. Happy Easter. Go next. Yes. Um, thank you. Uh, Jeremy, uh, anything else from you before we get out of here? Um, no, I think that's all. Thank you.
2: All those who've reached out for the birthday. Love it means a lot. Happy Easter. I know that runs concurrent to basically what I just said 10 minutes ago, but, uh, but yeah, much love.
1: What if? What is it? He changed water into wine. I think maybe now he'll change this into motor oil. Uh, after the last ten minutes that we've had, um, thank you everybody for listening to uh, another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We we love you all, and we will be back with you with another episode very soon.